Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you for the church, um, for the privilege to be here. Um, my name is Teresa Ventura, and now I'm married in McEntee. My two brothers and I live and were born in the slums of the island called Cebu in the Philippines. So Cebu is well known to have like the nicest beaches in the Philippines, but on the other hand, um, there are also very many slums. My family live in a small house, and each night we would sleep on the floor together and in the same room. And we did not have kitchen and a toilet. So every time we want to use those facilities, we will run to my grandmother's house, which is next door to us. As a little girl, I'd sometimes faint for lack of iron in my body. And because I don't have breakfast as well, I get dizzy and sometimes I vomit. And I really miss my parents a lot when I was young because my parents were both activists. In the Philippines, when you say activist, um, they help the other people, like the farmers and the fishermen, and then and the poor, other poor people in the community. And my father and my mother would go out at 5 a.m. in the morning as volunteers, and they will not come until 12 midnight. My mother used to be a Christian, but she drifted, to, to, um, she drifted from her faith when she met my father. And when they got married, they decided that they will not believe in Jesus. They will only be um, adhering to the ideology of, of like communism or activism. But on the other hand, my grandmother, my mother's mother, is a very strong Christian. And when my mother and my father are not around in our house, we will go there and we will sleep with her. And every, every day, she will wake up at 3.30 in the morning. And I will always wonder why would she wake up at this very um, time. And she will always mention her children's name. She has nine children, including my mother. And she will pray and she will pray for her grandchildren as well. And when she mentions my name, I will always wonder why she always say that my, I know Jesus when I grew up. And I was thinking, why would my grandmother always say this prayer? And because we were struggling when we were little, my grandmother d decided to ask my father if I can be a compassion child. Because in her local church, compassion is running in there. And so my mother... And my father especially said that I can be a compassion child only because of the educational purposes and because of the medical and dental things that they are offering, but not about knowing Jesus. But for me, when I was five, I was really joyful because each time, every Sunday, I wanted to go to church, but my, my father will beat me with belt, which is allowed in the Philippines. And maybe you... you Maybe many of us will take it for granted because no one will hinder us from going to church. But for me, it was a total freedom that I became a compassion child because for every month, I can only go there once a month. And it was my most joyful time that I can hear who Jesus is in the life of my grandmother. And when I was sponsored, I could not... Um, forget my number, it's PH9060077. And so it means that I'm the 77th child in my program. And they, 
they worm me because I have worms in my stomach as well. And they gave us our very first Bible and they allow us to go there for tutoring with math, science, English, which allow us to excel in our school. But most of all, I'd love to sing like the songs that they will teach children about Jesus and about heaven. And the most important thing for me was the camp. So the Compassion holds health camp during summer in March or April. And for three days, we will be away from our families and we will receive free food and we will have the chance to swim in the pool, which we can never have any chance in, in the slums. And on the second day of that camp, when I was nine years old, in that picture, that was the camp, our pastor asked us, who will go to heaven? And I was thinking, who will go to heaven? Um, maybe those who do good works, maybe those who do good things. And everyone was saying the same. And then they said, maybe those who are kind to other people, maybe those who are respectful. But our pastor was so silent and he did not mention anything. And he just presented to us this verse, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not by yourselves, it is, it's the gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. And I was thinking, well, what is grace? So I was wondering, what is grace? And then the Lord just revealed to me that grace is the love that he, got, he gave to us through the love of Jesus Christ. That even when we are not deserving, he came. And I was thinking, God, I'm a, I'm a person from a poor family, but am I also included? And so our pastor said, everyone who believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so I said, pastor, I wanted to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior too. And that opened my heart. And that time, all of the compassion children were also desiring that their family will come to know Jesus as well. And then I saw the youth, they were so joyful. And then they said that they will be water baptized. And I said, what is water baptism? And then they said that it's publicly declaring that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And I said, can I also join? And then they said like, you know what, you need to ask pastor. So I asked our pastor and he said, um, we need to call your father. And when they called my father, my father was so angry. He said, you cannot choose your own set of beliefs until you will be 18. And I said, Papa, I'm still nine. Um, should I wait for nine more years? And then he said, yes, because that's where your freedom of religion comes. And I said, okay, but pastor, can you just throw me in the water? Because <laughs> anyway, my, my father will not know it because the campsite is really far. <laughs> but my pastor said to me, um, Exodus, what um, Ephesians 6, 1, what does it say? I said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. But pastor, I think I'm right because I'm in the Lord. But my parents are not right because they are not believers of God. But then my pastor said to me in Exodus, it says that when you honor your parents, God will also honor your desire. And then I said, pastor, now that I am a believer of Jesus, what will I do? And he said, you need to pray for your family. And you claim in Acts when Peter said, when, one of your, when you are saved, your entire household will be saved. Then from that time on, I always wake up together with my grandmother, praying for my family. At 3.30, we kneel down before God. And I say, God, God I, don't want, 
that I am the only one who will go to heaven. Your promise is everyone of the whole, whole household will be saved. And I always pray, and I keep on praying, but I will say, God, but God, it's quite impossible because my father's heart is really hardened. He will never believe in you, but I will still continue praying for him. And after four years, I am 13. When I turned 13 in first year high school, when we were in the Compassion Center in the church, a news broke out. Our local slum, the slum that we live in, was devastated by a great fire. And from 11 until 4 p.m., all the slum houses, 500 of it, gotten into fire. And we were running, and when we saw it, there's no houses standing. And that's how I came to question God. And I said, God, you said you're good, but how come you allowed such devastation now? We can't have our home. And that's the only thing that we have. And then the government said to us that we could no longer rebuild our house because we were living in Islam and we don't own the land. But the compassion people came and they are the first people who came. And then they brought us in the church and then they told us, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. And in my heart, I said, God, what good can come out of not having a house anymore? After that, we live in, in a public school for six months. And I was greatly disturbed because everyone in my community lives in the same classroom. Each classroom has maybe 80 people in it. And I could no longer study. And my school called my father and said, if your child will fail more than two subjects, then she will be kicked out of the school. And then my father said, I remember that compassion through the church wanted us to live in the church because we lost our house, but I can't let you go there. I don't want you to even step in the church. How much more to live in the church parsonage? But I don't have any choice. But for me, it was my greatest joy because I can always hear the people um, worshiping God. And also there's a Bible school in our, in our church and I can hear the lecture of the pastor. And it was my greatest joy to live with my, with my grandmother and my, and my brother. And what happened next was, on a, after one month, they did not visit us. And in August of that same year, my father visited us. And after that, we were in the first pews, and my father just came, and he was looking for us, and accidentally, he was just standing. And our pastor preached that Sunday, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And for us Christians, that's very ordinary, right? We know that in our heart. But for my father, it's his first time to hear that it's not activism, activism who will bring change, but it's actually Jesus who's the solution. And he just came and came on every Sunday. And I could not ask my father. I couldn't say, Papa, why are you here in the church? And on that, 
he went there on August and on September he received the Lord Jesus but just deep in his heart he did not tell us and in the same year December nearly December 31st he said to me you know what I already received Jesus as my Lord and Savior can we be water baptized together and I said Papa I'm still 13 I need to wait for five more years <laughs> and my father cried and he said I'm so sorry for what I've done to you because I did not know who Jesus was. I don't know the faith that you were professing, but because of the kindness of the people in the church that they never um, push us back even when we did not believe. And after that, my father lost his work. Even when we had no house, my father lost his work. And as a family, we kneel down before God and, and the Lord just allow people to knock on our doors and say this is the cooked rice and egg and that's how god manifested his goodness in my family and after he volunteered for compassion and after four years of volunteering he became the project director of the same compassion center that i grew up in it's only because the lord is able to turn our lives from being sold to pole. I could not imagine how God was able to transform the lives of my, of my father and my mother. And my mother came back to her faith as well, to Jesus and also my brothers. It is because of the faithfulness of one person who is from America. Her name is Sarah Pontus. Both of them sponsored me and with, together with their four children. And I told my sponsor, um, how come you sponsored me? And then she said, because you were so skinny in the profile picture. And it was through her letter that I feel the tangible love of God. That she always say, I believe in you and I declare the goodness of God in your life. And when I was seven, one of my sponsors came to the Philippines. And she was a Filipina, married an American. And she came, and I was thinking, maybe compassion is just letter writing, or just a picture, or someone who says you, they are sponsoring you. But when she came, she prayed for the entire family. And my parents were like, why is she praying for us? Like, why would she travel all the way down from America just to see us? Um, we are not special people, but she made us feel special. And by God's grace, the deepest desire of my parents is for me and my brothers to finish university. And the Lord was able to do that because there's no hex in Philippines. You need to be really intelligent or a little bit rich to, to send your children. But it was through the compassion that we were able to finish. And by God's grace, um, before, when I came to Australia, I was thinking, God, after one year of staying here, I was thinking, God, why would you send me here? I don't know what you want me to do here. And then my friend, who was also a compassion child, said, thank you, Compassion Australia, in Facebook. And I was like, who is Compassion Australia? What is that organization? Because my sponsor was from America. And he said, that's the, sponsor that, that's the organization that sponsored us. I was like, oh, really? And then he said, call them and tell them that you were a compassion child before. And I said, like, no one will ever hear the story. And then he said, come on. And then I said to my, the sister of Atilea, Atilevi, can we go together? 
and then we will tell the Compassion Sydney that we are sponsored children before. And that begins the ministry of sharing what God has done. And it is because of the Lord's goodness alone that we can stand and testify. And in Romans 10, 13 to 15, it says, For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they hear unless someone is preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And when I've heard that you have sponsored a lot in the Compassion Ministry, um, in behalf of your Compassion Children, I would like to thank you because we could never repay your goodness. You have ushered us into the kingdom of God. It's not just um, breaking the cycle of poverty in our family, but you have allowed us to become members of the family of God. And through your faithfulness, even when you have your own struggles as well as a family, you have been faithful to the Lord. And in Matthew 28, the last verse, Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me under earth and heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have taught you, and I will be with you to the very end of the age. And even when you don't go and see your sponsored children, but you are fulfilling the great commission that Jesus is calling every believer and that is to share the love of God, and that is to make disciples of all nations through your sponsorship. And thank you, and may the Lord be glorified in everything you do. Thank you so much. Teresa, thank you so much. Thank you for your vulnerability uh, in sharing your story with us. Thank you for your tears. Um, I heard a few sniffles uh, around the room, which was encouraging to me because it wasn't just me in that case. But thank you so much for sharing. Oh, would you like to come just a little bit closer? Um, there are, and let me just bring up a few uh, things here. But uh, Teresa, again, thank you so much. Um, you talked about uh, how beautiful, you're quoting from Romans and, of course, quoting from the Old Testament. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I feel like you've brought us good news this morning. Um, you've shared with us God's heart. Uh, and you've uh, also brought us good news in how your own story unfolded. Uh, so thank you. Uh, you also mentioned your joy. Uh, as a five-year-old, you had that joy. And um, that hasn't gone away because it still radiates out from you. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing with us. Your hardships and uh, heartaches as a child, but also uh, the joy that you carried then and still carry now, and your story of transformation. I wonder, can you just fill us in a little bit on what, what you're doing now? So I work for a Christian, local Christian school. So I do before and after school care and canteen in between and just helping teachers. Wonderful. And it's lovely to see your, your story just continuing to unfold. Uh, and uh, your mum and dad, are they still in the Philippines, still ministering over there? Yes, so everyone of um, my family are in the Philippines still. 
And my father just told me uh, maybe he's considering to, after I think 15 years of serving in Compassion as a project director, um, the Lord is calling him to step out in another organization, like government organization. So he's still contemplating, he's praying for two months. <laughs> yeah. So um, whatever God's will for them, yeah. they're still in the Philippines, but like if he's still working in Compassion or somewhere else. Yeah, still obviously committed to bringing transformation and uh, that's wonderful. Uh, again, thank you. thank you for sharing with us today. Um, I wonder if there's just something that you'd like to, um, I mean, you've challenged us in so many ways just by sharing your testimony. You've encouraged those of us who are sponsors uh, about the kind of impact that um, sponsorship can have. Um, but is there anything you'd just like to say as a word of kind of challenge to us? I mean, we live in a very con different context to what you grew up in. Life looks really different here, you know, because you live in Sydney now. Um, there's talk about cost of living increases here, um, and, and some of us are feeling the pinch there. But w what would be your kind of final words of encouragement or challenge to us today? So when I was um, beaten by my father, the verse that always struck my heart is Deuteronomy. It says there, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And God wants you to know that even when fuel prices or any price will increase and economy will change, but he never changed. And in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he has provided before, he's the same God who will provide. So just um, focus your eyes upon Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of your faith. Mm. Ah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Would you please put your hands together one more time for Teresa? <laughs> Teresa, before you go, I wonder, could we pray for you? And, uh, of course, Jeremy. Um, oh, there's one more thing I just wanted to mention. Uh, with you is your friend Leah this morning. And you mentioned in your story that you were number 77 uh, at your project as a sponsored child. Can you tell us your connection with, with Leah? before we finish up. And then I might ask if the members of the local team would like to come up and, and pray for Teresa while, while she's sharing this. Uh, so Atilia is the older sister of Atilibai Libi, Liberation. So she is our compassion number two, and she was my compassion teacher. And she already lived in Sydney for maybe 20 years. And Atilia is um, from the Philippines, and she has been a missionary teacher. And she now lives in Newcastle. <laughs> wow. So, so you were number 77 as a sponsored child in your project. Uh, Libby was number two. Number three. Yeah. Correction. We have a correction from the floor. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the correction, Jeremy. Number three. And then she went on to become your tutor, your teacher in the Compassion Project. And what I think is so wonderful about that is you're now teaching as well. You're working in this, uh, for the school in, with kids. Reminds us of the importance of ministry to all of our children and how important that is in Jesus' name. Where are our um, local folk uh, who could come on up and we can pray for? Thanks, Emily. Thanks, James. Thanks, Louise. Brilliant. We'll pray for Teresa. And then we'll uh, bring it all home. Thank you. James, would you, would you pray? 
Father in heaven, you are the God who, uh, who is above all nations in this world, and we thank you for this nation of uh, Philippines. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in, uh, in this nation, and we continue to pray for the leadership of this nation, that it would lead um, uh, the people of the Philippines uh, righteously and in truth. We do thank you for those who are labouring in, uh, in the many um, provinces of the Philippines at this time for the gospel. And we want to thank you for the ministry of compassion uh, working uh, amongst uh, the, the people in this nation. And we continue to pray that many would not only be lifted out of poverty and given opportunities for education, but that many would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord. And we want to thank you and praise you for Teresa's family and for what you have done in their lives. Thank you for, this, uh, for the ministry of Teresa's grandmother. Mm. We praise you for family members who've known you in the past, who have had the influence on their... Uh, children and grandchildren. So, Father, we continue to lift up this family now in the name of Jesus that you would continue to enable them, equip them to empower them to bear much fruit in their lives. We thank you for Teresa and Jeremy and we pray uh, for, for them as they, as they continue to share this message of hope um, to the people here in this region. We pray, Lord, that, they, that you would um, mightily and powerfully in the name of Jesus continue to speak your truth and your love uh, to many, that many would be, uh, would be uh, turned and would know the Lord Jesus Christ as a saviour. Bless her in the name of Jesus. Fill her with your Holy Spirit that yes. she will be a mighty uh, evangelist and, uh, and speaker of your word, yeah. not only here in Australia but, uh, but back in the Philippines. We pray in the name of Jesus. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Please put your hands together again for Teresa. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. Thanks, James. Well, I had the privilege of working at Compassion for nearly 10 years. I don't work there anymore. But I'm still profoundly passionate about their ministry. And this is why. Uh, because of people like Teresa and the change that's made in her life. And we have uh, an opportunity today uh, to continue growing and developing our partnership. But more than that, to continue growing and developing uh, how many children that we, as a community of followers of Jesus, can, um, can support. And we'll often never know precisely what the impact is on each individual's child's life. Um, we get to hear occasionally a, a powerful story like Teresa's. And it might be in similar ways uh, for the child that you sponsor. It might be in, in other wonderful, powerful ways. It could be in life-saving ways certainly a way that uh, helps that child and their family be transformed from the circumstances in which they find themselves at the time when you sponsor them. Uh, earlier um, I introduced you to Inky. Uh, there she is again. Beth recognised her, don't you Beth? This is her today. I'm a little bit emotional. <laughs> uh, Inky uh, graduates from the program over in West Timor at Okuku uh, on the 15th of December this year. That's her birthday. And uh, just last month, she sat uh, an entrance test for a scholarship 
to go to university in Kupan. Her story is different to Teresa's, but also in so many ways the same. And uh, we don't know yet whether she got the scholarship. We're waiting anxiously to hear whether she got it, but the project staff there in Okuku are very hopeful that she'll get the scholarship. And that will enable her to study communications and IT is what she's decided she'd like to study. For those of us who've been part of this church partnership with Compassion here at New Vine for the last 12, 13 years since we sponsored the very first children, like Inky, we've watched a generation of those kids grow up in the program and in the projects. I reckon today it's time to sponsor a new generation. A new generation of kids like Inky and Teresa. Sorry, I'm losing it here today. Uh, so Louise and I um, have decided that as, as Inky is finishing up, we're going to sponsor another child uh, from Okuku, from the same project, to sow into that next generation um, of young people growing up there. So we'll be sponsoring DB. Uh, DB is uh, 12 years old in December this year, uh, actually just a few days after Inky's birthday and graduation. Uh, DB will turn 12, so we're going to sponsor DB. New Vine, let's do this. Let's sponsor the next generation of kids in those, those areas. We've got uh, 20 uh, children from the Kupang region out at the table th out there today. Daniel's out there. Uh, some of them are from our three projects. I think we have about nine that are from those three projects uh, where we've been sponsoring in the past. And then we want to expand our footprint to, uh, to sponsor children in other areas around Kupang. The good news is there was only nine children available for sponsorship in those projects because they've already got sponsors for so many, including many of us here. Um, but there are other children who need our sponsorship as well. Luke's going to come. Luke and Lou are going to come share a song with us while we just let the Lord speak to our hearts about how it is that we might be able to find a way to include another child into our family uh, from a new generation. Thanks, guys.